Welcome to the Digging Six Feet Under podcast, where every week we review each episode of HBO's original television series, Six Feet Under, with your hosts and licensed funeral directors, Victor Rubio and Natalie Willis. I'm Natalie Willis. And today we are here to discuss episode, shit, what is this? Episode 7 of season 5 of Six Feet Under, titled The Silence. Today we have a very special guest. Uh, we have Colton Duffy. Colton, how you doing? I'm good. This is Colton Duffy. <laughs> Colton Duffy, there he is. <laughs> uh, what was our first interaction? The beer. <laughs> I'll just answer the questions for you. I'm a little territorial of Victor, just so you know. I feel like there's a best friendship blossoming here. Yeah, uh, th- these questions aren't actually directed at Colton. They're at Natalie. <laughs> did you email me or did we? I had uh, sent an email. Um, I was uh-huh. listening. I'd found the podcast and I was listening to it. And I'd gotten to the episode where you had said, you know, send in request for to be a special guest. I sent it in. And unfortunately, right. Natalie had already stolen that spot. So. She just popped champagne. <laughs> you can't see it or hear, but she's so happy right now. Yeah, no, I think that was right around. The, I was I was dying for guests, and at the same time, I was like, uh, let's let's go with Natalie. You she's, took me out to dinner okay. and you begged me. I took you out to dinner. <laughs> you did. You took me to Permani Brothers and begged me. I don't know. It's less believable. Literally, I, I took you out to dinner or I begged you. <laughs> Good point, bro. You are kind of frugal. Uh, uh, this is sort of a throwback episode for me, at least, because I this is how I used to do every episode. Is you know, I'd have a guest who I could see Colton. I don't know if he could see me, and we just kind of throw some person that no one else knew, but I knew on the podcast. That being said, Colton, your experience with Six Feet Under. Um, and now you could talk about it a little bit more freely because now we are towards the end. Did you watch this live? I did not watch this live. Um, I well, I watched Six Feet Under originally like two or three episodes live on a free HBO weekend. It was amazing. <laughs> um, and I was a kid, watched a little bit further, and then whenever I got to college, I ordered a bootleg copy of Six Feet Under off of eBay, <laughs> and that was how I started my obsession with it. Um, you ordered a bootleg copy. What, what was the price difference between the bootleg and like the actual? Oh man, I got like the whole package for like twenty bucks. Oh, that's a score. What was the quality of it though? Was it like the, somebody holding a video camera recording from the TV? No, no, no. It was like it was like a really like it was like straight up ripped up from another uh, like the official DVDs. But on all of the DVDs, instead of the photos of like Six Feet Under and the emblems, it was like cast photos from like their IMBD profiles. It was the weirdest <laughs> thing ever. That's, that's funny. funny. Uh, uh, I, I guess I guess this is totally just interview Colton hour. Colton is this is a rather you have all right. So let me let me go back a little bit. I'm giving a plug again for digging Dexter. Me and my girlfriend Marissa starting digging Dexter, and ironically enough, in the future, both of you will both be guests. I'm looking at you, Natalie and Colton. Um, but what we what me and Marissa really liked about doing digging Dexter is that it's going to be sort of a time capsule for like our relationship. You know, because like, oh, remember when we recorded this, whatnot. Uh, this is sort of a time capsule for you, Colton, because you're doing something special on Sunday. I am. Oh. I am. What am I doing? Hold on. Let me think. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm getting married on Sunday. That's Look so that. exciting. I'm I so I, excited. I think I have to add in a, uh, a sound effect like, <laughs> can you do like the wedding march? Like the whole thing? I mean, just like an effect of it. Like a like a, a techno version? Yeah. <laughs> that'd be cute. Um, yeah, so that's, that's, so exciting. that's, that's really cool. Uh-huh. And like I said, I, at least to me, because you'll, you'll be able to go back in, you know, 20 years and like, yeah, I recorded this podcast. What are we? The Wednesday before <laughs> my wedding weekend. I said, why can't Colton record on Sunday? Yeah. And I was like, oh. <laughs> like, um... Question mark, question mark. And he goes... Well, I don't know, Natalie, because he's getting married. <laughs> I've got a little, there's this little appointment I have to make. So. How funny would it be, though, to record on his wedding day and he has like people coming in, like fixing his <laughs> yeah, bow tie and just hilarious. like. <laughs> I'm going to have my family sure here. His wife wouldn't like that too much. Um, and then there was one other thing. Uh, this is something you told me before we recorded that there's something special you wanted to plug. Oh, I want to plug my dog's Instagram. 
<gasps> yes. He's lazy, and I need him to start earning income, so I need sponsors. <laughs> What's your dog's Instagram? Abel the Bug, and that is B-U-G-G, because hey, he's I a bug. I follow he, your dog. Every, everybody follows him so far, so I need more Love people it. to follow him. <laughs> this this podcast is going to do two things. It's going This podcast episode. Uh, does your dog have an Instagram, Natalie? No, he's not old enough yet. No. <laughs> not old enough yet. He's <laughs> he's like 45 million. All right, so this podcast is this pot this particular episode is going to do two things. Hmm. One, we're going to get uh, uh Colton's dog more Instagram followers. Yes. So everyone go ahead and follow after you follow his uh able to bug A B E L T H E D O B U G G. That's it. A B E L. A B E L. So we're going to get him some more Instagram followers. Uh, you could also head to our Instagram. We're at Digging Podcast. And thirdly, so we're going to do three things. Right now, this podcast, this episode you're listening to, is not only special because it's the first time we're having a guest on with, with me and Natalie. This is also the Apple Watch only podcast. <gasps> and you have an Apple Watch? I do. Because I'm murdering Victor right now in our <laughs> calories County. Oh, I noticed I wasn't invited to that boys club. <laughs> what do you mean? I, I I told you. I said Colton you has. You never told me this. Okay. Well, we'll get you. We'll get you guys hooked up after. Um, so it was fun because at first I was murdering Natalie in the <laughs> ring closing. And then Colton comes on and he's like 7 million calories. All his, <laughs> wow. rings, his rings are like triple closed. And I'm like, oh, man, I stood a lot today. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's I get up at five thirty and go work out. I'm I got to get in shape for this wedding because I'm fat. So you know. Oh. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, you have for like four days, so I'm sure you'll be okay. <laughs> Close those rings, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the most exciting thing whenever they're all three lighting up. Yeah, really. It's and... never happened to me since I've been <laughs> watch. You know what they said to me today? They said, I, "Are you alive? Because you haven't exercised." Let, at me, all. let me let me let me tell you this: the Apple Watch it will it will sort of recalculate. So they you know they set you up. There's three standards: low, medium, high, uh, as how many calories you're supposed to burn during the day and whatnot. So you know. I, I'm, you set yours at high at first, and I was like, okay, "You're insane." I, you know what? I had high expectations for myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then it recalculates. They say if you don't, you know, if you only burn X amount of calories, they'll lower it for you. You know what I'm talking about, Colton? Yeah. <laughs> I saw Natalie's was moved from like a thousand to like five hundred. <laughs> so we were joking today, like it's gonna wake her up one day. Like, listen, today, if you just breathe, close all three. <laughs> Let, let me close this part off by saying I have some inside info that let me just call her the voice of the podcast. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll have an Apple Watch by the time this episode airs. I'm liking this foursome. So, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> I'm just going to throw it out there. How we are, we are, we are almost eight minutes in and you went there. I'm excited that we're there. all going to share. Yeah. Apple Watch is where it's at. And I think, I, I honestly think it would be really cool to have like a, a whole like podcast group of, you know, people and just, just all... talk about our Apple Watches. <laughs> yeah, just. <laughs> All right, we are so far from six feet under. Um, so this episode, The Silence, do you have any opening thoughts, Natalie? It's beautiful. Okay. In honor of Marissa. <laughs> uh, uh, Colton, just, just like a primer thought before we, we, we get into it. The episode overall I really liked. I think that there was a lot of things that really happened, especially that um, goes into the next couple of episodes. I think there was a lot of – I'm going to use your word on this. There's a lot of symbolism, but there's a lot of um, views. There's a lot of just – I don't know, opening like open-ended questions that are finally going to be answered now. Yeah, and, and I feel like I've been saying this almost every episode since like the third one of this season, but I think this episode, really in particular in, in regards to Brenda and Nate, really right. sets, like this really sets, because I think next episode is when it starts to happen with that person who, no, spoiler alert, Nate. Uh, this episode kind of kicks all of that off. You can tell that this up. You can tell by watching this episode that things are being set up because something big's going to happen. It's like the calm before the storm. And exactly. Yeah, yeah. And because we even get the introduction of Ted, and I was kind of waiting, like, when does Ted show up? When does Ted show up? And then finally, so I, I've probably said it almost every episode that, did, but this episode more than others definitely um, starts to to starts the end game, if that makes sense. Uh, this death capsule, we see Peter uh, Peter Burns begrudgingly go into this play. 
<laughs> for for lack of a better term, you guys could feel free to jump in and cut me off. I mean, he just starts has a heart attack. Yeah, he just has a heart attack and goes. I didn't catch any symbolism of what the play is. I really didn't. Find I was much. waiting. I'm telling you, their their death capsules have become so mundane, which I feel bad for saying, but I was like expecting he was having some heartburn and then like an actor would just fall off like the rafters at the top. Something like dramatic. Well, that's the best part about the death capsule. They're just messing with, they've been messing with us. And then now these latest ones are natural deaths. That's it. There is nothing. He doesn't show up in the morgue later. Like there's nothing. He doesn't deal with anything. It's just he dies and then that's it. While while that's fair, what we're all saying, he does introduce the whole Quaker religion storyline. Right, so that, he, go, he falls guess, into that because yeah. of his connection. But I mean, other than that, I didn't get anything out of it. So there was commentary on this episode. Uh, Colton, I know it sent it to you. Did you listen to it? I did. It was, the commentary was, I, I don't know, it was kind of funny. Like, that's a whole nother discussion. <laughs> no, I, 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 like, when I listened to the commentaries, you could almost make it like, it's almost like a podcast, you know, and they're literally, it, it helps us, it helps me as, as, as a, you know, reviewing the episode. But... Let me ask you, Natalie, hmm. in terms of a theme or symbolism or something that was common in this episode, mm-hmm. did you, the episode's called The Silence. Do you have anything as to like what it was about? Silence. Okay. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> it was. It was silence. I mean, even when he was having a heart attack, she wasn't shouting. Well. It was like a quiet, it's a quiet death. I, I guess to yeah, that. Yeah, I got you on that. Thank you. You're okay. welcome. You're trying to set me up. <laughs> Try to play me. Natalie just put one on the board. <laughs> Victor zero. <laughs> but I guess the idea of like, Silence, but mm-hmm. silence also being like loneliness, because everyone's kind of lonely in this episode. Everyone's lonely. <laughs> and then the major things are being interrupted. You'll notice one of the things they talked about in the commentary is the phones. Phones play a really big part. Yeah, and I didn't pick up on that until the commentary. Almost every what? I didn't hear what he said. Every every big scene kind of gets interrupted by a phone call. If you think about Brenda, Ew. Brenda gets her phone call right, from the right, doctor. The uh, David and Keith. Everything mm-hmm. they're dealing with, a phone call interrupts them. Claire, mm-hmm. uh, jo- I'm sorry, Ruth, mm-hmm. interrupted by phone calls of George. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure anything really happened with Claire in terms of phone calls, but th- there's just a lot of loneliness. You have, you know, Keith and David battling, yeah. you know, uh, David Moore being a single yeah. parent. Obviously, Brenda and Nate. Claire is like so lonely. She's just on the couch watching TV, whatnot. Right. What phone call interrupted Claire? I said, I don't think any phone call interrupted okay. Claire. Not off the top of my head. I can't recall it. I can't think of any that interrupted her. Yeah. And I guess I guess more more about silence. Silence kind of really plays into uh, uh, the Quaker and their the way they grieve, the way they have a service, mm-hmm. right? Because the whole idea is God. I don't have it right in front of me, so I can't pull it up. But well, it's called. I've never si- done a Quaker funeral. I don't it's know. It's called like silent centering. Uh, silent meditation. Silent meditation, mm-hmm. and I mean that's kind of. I, I told myself all day I was going to look up the Quaker religion. I honestly don't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. My only Nixon. reference point is from Six Feet Under. Nixon was a Quaker. That's the only thing I know. <laughs> was he? He was. What is, huh? what is it like? Do you, is that all we know? Is that literally between the three of us? Just that Ooh. Nixon was a Quaker? And, <laughs> and, probably, and, probably, and Maggie. <laughs> but up in um, Pennsylvania is probably like a high area for it, right? Is that like Quaker Central? Well, that's Amish area. Okay. I, I mean, I, mean, I literally... I'm assuming. I don't yeah. know. The only thing I know is they're uh-huh. they're like they, what they said in the show. They're really peaceful because okay. And then this is going to be another little trivia thing. Is uh, if you ever watched Miss Congeniality, um, William Shatner's character talks about how their family doesn't own guns because they were Quakers. Like they're really oh. anti-violence completely. Um, they well, don't. That's Amish, right? They uh, they won't like enlist in uh, the military for drafts due to um, they their religion. They yeah they they don't believe in violence at all. So, yeah, I, I didn't know. But it totally makes sense now that he's saying that. Mm-hmm. And in what, like, I mean, someone died and they're, the way they grieve, the way they celebrate mm-hmm. is just all sit in a room and be quiet. That's, and they're and, and simplistic. Did you see even the casket was yeah. simple pine? Yeah. I wonder if they do embalming. I wonder if they. Yeah. That's interesting. We need to look that up. Well, uh, knowing that it plays into the next episode, like the Quaker stuff yeah. still sits there, especially with Nate and Maggie. Um yeah, that's definitely... We need to look it up. If we need to remind each other. Uh, uh, our episode starts out with sort of like a dream sequence of sorts. And we haven't seen it in a while, but it's also... There's like a horror setup. You know, like Nate wakes up and no one's in the house. And how creepy a phone ringing at night, <laughs> you know, when no one's around. Um, right. But then I guess the idea of like silence, because Nate picks up the phone. Just simply on the line. Yeah. 
and static. Si- like I don't, I don't know what's scarier, S- complete silence or like that mumbling he hears on the phone. You know. See, and I really tried to like hear what it was saying, and I couldn't hear anything from it. Just out of curiosity, I was yeah. wondering if there was something in it, but I couldn't make out a voice if it was male, female, anything. Yeah, I think both of them are equally scary. Just so I can throw in my two cents, you, you just want to go right down the like. Middle. Let's just not call people past like eight thirty, okay? <laughs> but when like that's just scary. I mean, nothing's worse than getting uh, being awoken to a phone call at twelve thirty or one o'clock in the morning. And also, too, I kept thinking that's Lisa on the phone. Lisa, leave this boy alone. Well, you know what? That's like that's a that's an go honest, to heaven. That is a <laughs> go into the light. Leave this boy alone. You know you too much. Uh, <laughs> Natalie's Apple Watch just went off. Yo, the phone, it just it just gave me a reminder for a phone call at 1230. <laughs> that, that's spooky. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, it, it's a great point that Lisa is calling because I had it more as death. Knowing what happens to Nate in these next few episodes. Because he's asked, where's my daughter? Where's Brenda? Where's See, my, I, you know I was thinking it was, I was with Natalie, I was thinking it was Lisa. Yeah, and see, you know what's funny? I never picked up on on Lisa even still being around until I guess it was the first episode, the pigeon that it sort of like breaks into Nate's wedding. Um, that's funny, you guys. Have, I have it as death just because like no one's there. Nate's all alone. It's it's dark. It's whatnot. But I mean, yeah, it could be either or, right? I mean, it is a dream. And oh my god, if I get that phone call today at twelve thirty one o'clock, I have to. I'm going <laughs> to set a reminder on my. No, Apple I'm Watch turning right my now. phone on airplane mode. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Death can't call. It's on airplane mode. (laughs) It's on airplane mode. Remind me to call Natalie at 12 o'clock. Don't you dare, bro. Here's your reminder. (laughs) Okay. Okay. We're good. And obviously, we see that the phone's ringing uh, in real life and that it's Maggie calling Nate that this gentleman, Thomas Burns. I didn't didn't pick up. She was really devastated. Okay. I get it. But I thought that there was like something going on with her internally. I missed that whole thing. And then when I saw her at the funeral home with the in the arrangements, I thought, well, my God, Maggie works there too now. <laughs> and then I put it together. Yeah. I, this I'm was a sorry. friend. Yeah, just a friend. And totally missed. I thought she was just trying to see Nate. Yeah. Before we get into the storylines, I wanted to fast forward a bit when they are finalizing arrangements. And they're in the funeral home in the scene that you're talking about where, where uh, Maggie's there and it looks like now she's a fu- another funeral, <laughs> <laughs> an intern funeral director. <laughs> <laughs> David David makes the joke to Mrs. Burns, for lack of a better term, that uh, you know, because they're they're doing this silent meditation as their service. Do you know what the joke I'm gonna what David goes to say? Because I fucking cringe. He goes, uh, there will you know, she asks if there's gonna be another service going on while they're doing the thing, and David goes, there will be no other noise in your silent centering time except for a few grumbling tummies. Like it's a TV show, but that's that's kind of no. You don't think that's rude to say? No, it is. I, I, I don't understand why you would say it. Just answer the question, though. Oh, I just, I yeah. thought it was mean. Not mean. Um, He's trying to be cute. I just, he's mocking them, no? Mm, no, I think he was just trying to be cute. I don't think he was. Well, yeah, I just think he was trying to make a joke and it fell really flat. Yeah, fell very flat. Thank you, Colton. <laughs> yeah, I try. <laughs> um, we are going to save the Ruth uh, George, Brenda, Nate, all those storylines for the second half. Uh, since Colton's our guest, Colton, you could pick Keith, Claire, or Vanessa. Uh, I want to start with Claire. Claire's co-workers are going to drinks at this place, Docs, and they mention it's in the mall. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know where I'm going with this? Chili's, <laughs> Applebee's, exactly. Fridays, Fridays. That was big in the mall, right? Well, let me let me let me start here. Uh, the way they mention it, I feel like if it wasn't for rights or, or um, licensing rights, for the lack of a better term, they would have said Applebee's, TGI Fridays. Because yeah. Claire completely scoffs at it. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, um, but that's what you did back in the day. Well, back in the day... No, I mean, hold on. There are still a million TGI, TGI Applebee's and whatnot. People are still going. Mm-hmm. Let, 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 let's start here. Um, I have a deep hatred for all those restaurants. Mm-hmm. Colton, where do you stand on the TGI Fridays, Chili's, Applebee's? Okay, to be fair, I don't like them, but we have gone after work from my office because that's the closest place. I don't like to go, but I'm I, I with Claire. It's one of those you don't want to go, but okay, why not? Yeah, it's and, cheap margaritas and all, bottomless salsa and chips. 
I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's horrible drinks, but you it's whatever. It's cheap. <laughs> Holton, don't fall for Natalie's not so subtle paid advertisement. <laughs> of Chili, snow of bottomless chips and salsa, and three dollar margaritas. Visit your local Chili's. Happy hour, five to eight. Uh, um. Yeah. I, when I see this, I was with Claire because I mean. Claire's a temp here, you know. Yeah. Um, but they didn't have those. They didn't have Laser Wolf like they do now. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's funny. No one in the world knows what Laser I, Wolf is. I know is. that. I, <laughs> but yeah, I'm just saying they didn't have this. cool places like they. And that's yeah. what everybody did. And I get it. It's close to work. No, no. I mean, again, I'm taking. It's not where I want to go for dinner. Right. But I'll we, go. We are, and I am nitpicking stuff here to talk about in the podcast. But like you, as soon as they said Docs and knowing what Docs was in the mall, yeah. I just I picked up on like what it was. Now, are you you know what surprises me is that you haven't at all this whole Claire corporate environment, yeah. you haven't at all associated it with the movie Office Space that also was out around that time and the whole corporate America environment. Uh, let me let me ask this first. Isn't this the second episode? Because you're right. You're a thousand percent right. I, th- I thought it was the third one where she. No, this is the second. second. I just one. you didn't talk about it at the last one. No, I, and you're right. And you're right. Um, Every yeah, time they do those scenes, all I can think about is no. You're th- you're a thousand percent right. That, movie. that, that is corporate. That is it's that is corporate o- America. Uh, <laughs> you say Office Space or American Beauty? Office Space. Oh, see, there's part Remember? of yeah, Office no, Space. No, um, yes, but there's also a part of American Beauty, and mm-hmm. being that you know this podcast and you know the creator is kind of tied to american beauty remember where um kevin spacey worked yeah that was very you know yeah corporate and i don't know about you guys but have do y'all have y'all ever worked i've worked corporate america have you no. uh l- l- let me let me not pre- corporate america funeral home but i've worked corporate let america. me preface this last last episode when i said have you guys ever worked for a temp agency i my next question should have been what you're asking right now okay so this is a great question did you ever have those people that you work with that did those things because obviously like, yeah, Austin baby. Powers like just that? came out. <laughs> no, and when I was working, it was that. Yeah. Was it? Hold on, hold on, that? hold on, oh, hold on. I could strangle. I- I'm with Colton though. We're about five years late on this. Oh, yeah, this is right? way past Austin Powers and all of that. That's why it's just one of those. This is like an annoying little thing that people are doing, and that's what kills well, me on it. Wait a minute. I'm, wait, what are the, you saying? I'm older than you both, right? Is that what you're saying? That I would have been working Natalie, in the environment? There's Natalie just throwing her age in no, our I'm face. No, I'm saying that I would what? have worked in the environment. What? No, I think, I think we... I, th- there's two ways about it. Uh-huh. One, this isn't like fresh at the time. I think this guy is doing an old joke. Uh, and that he makes it even tackier. I Mayor Austin Powers must have just came out in the movie. It would be like me right now still saying YOLO. Like we are, YOLO. We are way past that. You say it every day. Um, <laughs> but I think... Are you saying there's always that guy at the office? Because I don't think that goes yeah. for corporate America. Did you just America. see my was up app, um, imitation? Remember no, Super- can, can we hear it again? That? One more time, one more time. <laughs> there was this one guy that I worked with, and every t- it doesn't matter. Like That always came before he said any sentence, he had to do that first. Oh, God. And this happened for like a year. That's probably why I left corporate America. <laughs> you guys have never worked with somebody like that? Uh, I mean, I probably have. Uh, you, the, that guy's in every office. Like, I'm sure, yes. Colton, you work with one yeah, or you have. I've got people in my office that are like that. Oh. <laughs> you Good think there's exhausting. any chance, the three of us talking right here, that we are that person to someone? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, you say no. <laughs> Am I that person to you uh, tomorrow when I walk in? It's, yeah, baby. <laughs> no, I'm never saying that to you. So Claire, Claire clearly thinks her, like, you know, uh, like her coworker says her shit doesn't stink and then like even Ruth brings it up like oh you think you're better than everyone that you don't have to go to some of this and I'll tell you what me sitting here saying like oh I'd never go to a TJ Fridays I think I'm I'm falling in Claire there like mm-hmm. oh what, what's so special about me that I can't go to it like well you know I'm no one you know what's so special uh, about you not taking right. advantage of the bottomless salsa <laughs> chips there's now I'll go to a cheap bar if I have to alright <laughs> Thursday's this ladies night <laughs> God, so many margaritas alright <laughs> Uh, um, and Claire, Claire's in the break room, and we get the introduction of Ted. Let me. Do ask, you know who Ted is, by the way? I actually, actually, you uh, kind of a. I'm gonna regret saying this. You kind of remind me of him in some looks. So when I say this, I want you to know that I do not think about you. But B, that's <laughs> Danny from the Man, the Mindy Project, and I am in love with Danny. I I love Danny. Podcast just got super weird. <laughs> you kind of do look like him. Hold on, hold on. I uh, like Danny from the Mindy Project. I don't like Ted Danny. Right. Um, I just didn't know. I know I know he was on TV. I just had no idea where this guy was from. He was always six feet under Ted to me. He's the, on the Mindy Project. Did you know he was on the Mindy Project? I didn't know he was on the... I've, One I, of the greatest ugh. shows ever. I've never watched the Mindy Project. I'll go and it's say so it. It's so funny. 
Um, but he does look familiar, even at post six feet under. Like I, I he's I've like seen from him. Staten Island too. He's not from Staten Island. <laughs> <laughs> you are, you are. I love you, Danny. <laughs> Uh, uh, I mean, we, we sort of see that, you know, Claire and Ted flirting, and he definitely factors into the end game. Um, I think it's kind of adorable the way Claire looks at Ted and, she, like, there's something there, you know? Oh, I just think she was using him. She's lonely. Ted was, uh, Claire was using Ted? Yeah. For what? Sex. They didn't have sex in this episode. Not yet. It's no, I think up. she's, I don't know. I looked at it more like she's just, she's actually interested. It's somebody new. Yeah, it's someone new, she's and it's, def- it's definitely. No, they haven't had sex no. yet. No, it's going to happen. Episode. <laughs> God, just stick to your okay, stick to your TGI Fridays <laughs> plugs. Uh, um, yeah, I, I'm, I think I think Claire, and it's funny for Claire because this is like 100 percent the opposite direction of what the guy she was dating before. This is right. a, a, a well put together guy. Lives probably lives in his own home. Has his life together. I mean, he's a lawyer for whatever you wanna. You wanna. He's like a lawyer. He looks like a frat guy. Kind of acts like a frat guy still. He's yeah, corporate yeah. America, where Billy was manic depression, crazy, yeah, yeah. artistic, with the complete opposite in every way. Claire finally joins the crew at Docs, and Kristen, Kirsten, I'm sorry, is sort of the. Do you think she was? Well, I don't think she knew what Claire. That Claire liked him, but just the way she's like, "Yeah, we're dating." <laughs> I think Claire, after she asks a few questions, is like. Yeah, we're not telling anyone because no one knows. Like, <laughs> we're in, taking it in, slow. In, including Ted. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> oh, poor girl. Um, what is it yeah. she says? The, um, the line she says in it, he's got um, issues. I can't even remember the exact line. Oh, commitment issues, yeah. Like we'll we we'll, we'll be together once he once he goes gets through his commitment issues. That's it. Danny also has commitment issues on the Mindy Project. Not relevant. Character. Not, not not relevant. When Claire comes into the break room at the end. Uh, I think, again, the idea of silence, I think it's just her and him being in the room and just needing to fill that silence because she's just like, you know, I'm an artist and I paint stuff and I do this and whatever. She kind of like fills her resume and he's like, well, that's good to know. Thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, like again, say, saying it sets up. I mean, I, I guess I did sort of gloss over the fact that Claire is feeling super lonely or, mm-hmm. or has kind of has like no purpose now that she's not in art school. She's working at corporate america like you called it um and i mean she has like a a need to fill Mm -hmm. i think that kind of comes in the form of ted but something else huge will start to to go and come into her life um what do we got here we got stupid vanessa or keith and david how's vanessa stupid um really (laughs) we're gonna go through this again oh gosh she called you stupid huh she said why did i marry a fucking embalmer she's angry and stupid. Um, let, let, let's go. Let's go to Keith and David. Uh, Keith and David are. are yeah, Keith wants credit that he's not been angry yeah. with the boys, <laughs> and you know they kind of come to like an agreement. Like, oh, no, they're just cute kids. He's like, yeah, you're right. And then you we hear them giggling, and they are watching gay porn. <laughs> like the idea of like if you go through your parents' stash and you find the gay porn, mm-hmm. you find porn. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to be gay. Would you go in the living room? And no, play? Like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> and it's kind of funny. Like Darrell's like a wise ass because he's like, you know, uh, hey, how did you find that? He's like, well, um, that was that was behind the sweaters and the jeans and the box. And Darrell's like, well, then you know exactly where I found it. <laughs> that them. was kind of funny. I think it was more they were trying to push their boundaries like a little bit. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and later on, I mean, then we see David and Keith throw out their their stash did of you porn. See. That stash of porn. That <laughs> oh, was no, no. a major invent. Thank God for Pornhub. No, no, no. And that was one because remember at the very end of it, he says, "Hold on, we got another bag in the back." Oh my God, I didn't you, pick yes, up on that. Yes, you're right, Colton. That did was you, only fifty percent of their that? porn. <laughs> Could you imagine the money that they spent on porn? Well, what makes there's probably VHS in there too, bro. I think it's only VHS. No, there's DVDs. Yeah. It's a DVD in his pocket. But All there right. was also like DVD or uh, VHS, and there was like double VHS, like it was like Lord of the Rings, but it was with porn. Uh, <laughs> and, and talk about the idea of making a show feel dated, like having like I don't know what's, what what makes it feel more outdated, having your porn stash 
or having to throw out your porn stash. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> just having having that. And like, let me ask you, where did David say that was? Uh, in a locked box underneath this bed. How big was the, the box if this is 50% of the yeah, porn? Yeah, I know. They yeah. must have really had that. It must hidden. be like hidden in the cereal boxes. Because <laughs> yeah. like, how much porn they have. They have so much. Look at those. Remember those big video boxes? The big boxes. Yeah. Which only came with porn. Only. That was definitely a porn video. <laughs> Just really announcing, hey, this is a porno. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever have you ever purchased one in the store? Not. Not. Mm. Um, you lie. Wait, wait. Hold on. Have not, you walked into a store and purchased a porn? Right. And I was going to say not VHS, but DVDs, absolutely. And that shit was expensive. It's expensive. Really? No, I never have. I bought Playboys and that's it. You, you never bought, bought you on, never you walked bought Playboys? In? I swear, I really haven't. Wait, so you went to like a magazine place, gave them like five bucks and they gave you a magazine? That was yeah. covered in plastic wrap? <laughs> it was covered in plastic wrap. I was a senior in high school. I had just turned 18. I was like, I'm going to buy one. Let, let me, I'm going to tell a really quick story. Uh-huh. So when I was second grade, so how old am I? Seven, eight? We got a free subscription, a free Playboy issue sent to my house. <laughs> now, do you remember in, in any magazine, they had those little inserts in each page, like almost like every other 10 pages where it's like, yes, bill me for 12 magazines or uh, no, like here's do? my the little card. Yeah. What so- did you do? <laughs> So I checked yes and sent it back. And then I remember one day I come home from school and I knew something was up because my dad was home. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, you know. And I just see the Playboy magazine and an, uh, an, an envelope and a letter. And I, But in my head at the time, I was just like, yeah, more girls. I didn't even know what porn is at the time. Like, you know. Uh, and Playboy wasn't porn, to be fair. Yeah. My parents were like, how did you even do this? Like... <laughs> It's so bad. I, I, think, I think I ruined my parents' credit for it. No, I couldn't have, but they just they were on the hook for, for yeah. this, whatever. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, um, David's trying to help Darrell with homework. And really quick, yes or no? Natalie, do you know what an integer is? No. Colton? <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, and again, the idea of like uh, uh, phone calls interrupting, that this is when Keith calls. And sort of the idea he can't make it home tonight. You know, and, and I, for this episode, at least the arc is David's like a single parent for most of it because Keith right. is not, I don't want to say involved. I was going to say he's basically like the dad that was always away at this point. Like he doesn't yeah. want to be home. He'd rather work and deal with that and not deal with the real life issues. And he like likes being away. You know, right. he's, he's he's purposely like, oh, I, look at me. I got to work again. You know, right. Roger. <laughs> so we see like the next day, uh, Keith, the Roger's kids are coaching Keith on how to how to deal with being a new parent. Uh, like I, again, I, I, this is like the fourth time I'm bringing up something like this, but what's more absurd, Keith talking to these kids about this or like Keith taking it and being like, good idea. I'm going to go tell David about this. Like, you know, right? I like Roger's kids. I think they're cool. We, we, we're, we're like less than two, three episodes away where we're like railing against these kids. I know you were, <laughs> I thought it was great that they were being raised like that. Fair enough. Yeah. Colton, your take on these kids. I just, I don't really understand. I, I get that I don't know. I think it's good that they have an awareness of like a lot of people's issues, but they're also they're taking their issues that they've had to deal with, and then they're telling Keith, "No, this is what you have to do." They're not therapists. They've gone to therapy, but they're not therapists. So why right. are they sitting there telling him, "No, you have to do this. You have to do this," and then <laughs> writing him notes like they're writing a prescription? Yeah, <laughs> I, it's so absurd. You'd you'd have a let's say Keith is forty plus years old. Just taking these little kids and it's fair enough that Keith's trying to get a kid's opinion on it too, though. Yeah, but true. The kids, and but, those kids, no, those on, kids on, are on, on a different level, right? They getting are a kid, very getting, true. Getting a kid's opinion is fine to be like, how would you feel if you had a new daddy? Not, hey, you need to. I, I don't even. The words they were saying were even too big for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm totally like with integer. you. Just getting like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, integer. I don't even know. I'm not even sure that's English. You know. <laughs> So um, we see Keith and David are talking about about whether or not uh, um, you know David wants to go see Darrell for this play. He finds this this little pamphlet for a play in his uh, book bag, and David Keith is like, "I don't want to go. We shouldn't go." And David wants to go. David brings up his story how he was playing in a. Um, hold on, I have it here. If I could just just check my notes, uh, he was in a, a sailor in Anything Goes. And Nathaniel couldn't make it because he was in a. Uh, he had to deal with a plane crash family. Mm-hmm. 
we had the Digging Six Feet Under staff go ahead and look this up. Mm-hmm. And this is actually true. Okay. There was a, if David is born in 1969, which according to his wiki, he is, he was in seventh grade. So the plane crash had to happen in 1981 mm-hmm. when David was seven. I'm sorry, 12. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a crash, a big plane crash at John Wayne Airport, which is in Orange County, just south of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was kind of cool. Like they referenced something. Yeah, they did wow. their research. For the most oh, part, wow. for the most part, it's a throwaway line. The plane crash family had to deal with. Who would think twice? Why I went to go look it up, I don't know. Because it just that's really cool. Uh, yeah, so, I wouldn't. Have thought, I would have thought they were just saying that just to say it. Yeah, exactly. So thank you to the digging six feet under staff for fact checking. that Thank for you. Us. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Who's on the staff, and how much are they getting paid? <laughs> Is it an internship? Uh, are they looking for people? <laughs> they have an internship. <laughs> uh, um, uh, let me let you guys close out. David and Keith are at the play, and you know we see. Can anyone sing the song? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I am an elm tree. Don't Good job, Victor. Overplant me. I don't know the rest. Was <laughs> <laughs> it? He says, "I'm a sinner. I'm a saint," or something like that. Yeah, a little yeah. scamp. That's really cute. <laughs> uh, and, and it ends up being, everything ends up being A-OK, you know? Yeah, it was uh, a good move that they went. And the way Keith is like, you know, he wants to be involved. Like, hey, what about me? Don't you care what I think? You know, <laughs> just wanting to be involved. Marie Calendar's is a restaurant? Because I thought that was always the frozen food section. Me too. I don't know. Is it? Well, I, I thought it was stupid. just frozen food. Yeah, well, apparently it's a restaurant because it says, do you want to go to Marie Calendar's? Uh-huh. But it makes sense, like, the way they have TJ Friday's frozen right. food stuff in there. Yeah. I did want to uh, say, I think uh-huh. one of the things, like, at the very end when, um, like, Keith is sitting there, you know, he wants to ask for uh, Darrell. He's wanting to ask for, like, you know, his, like, opinion on it. Well, what did you think of that I thought and stuff? One of the things I got from that is that he's worried about becoming his father. Like, that's one of the big things is he doesn't want to become his father, that violent guy that's always away. And I think he's realizing that. So he's wanting, you know, his son to realize that he's going to be there for him always. Yeah. 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 It's just, it's a nice turning point for all of them. Yeah. At that moment, like because in the previews prior to this this episode, you know when they say in the upcoming, it seemed like Darrell was going to lose his mind. Yeah. And it's right. actually it all worked out. Yeah. Keith went. He trusted David. David was right, and Keith stepped up. And I just I think that I, I, it was nice to see. Yeah. It's right. all going to work out. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how much it works out. Okay. <laughs> but for this episode is, is <laughs> I feel like it's all going to work out. No, for the, they leave it off as they're both involved and yeah, yeah. kind of picking up on that. Like, uh, David could be, didn't want to be Nathaniel is, is pretty smart. Mm-hmm. Um, Colton right around this part. What do you, what, what do you think we should do right now? Um, take, take a break we, so you can turn the AC on. Yeah. Come on. Come on. You got it. <laughs> Colton, I was nudging you. <laughs> Well, I'll ask you again. What to say? I'll ask you again. I was gonna say Colton. we could do Rico. Like, there's literally like. Let, let, let me let me re-ask the question. <sighs> Colton, I'm sweating. Colton, <laughs> he's so frugal he won't turn the AC on. Colton, this this part we're about to go to rhymes with schmreak. <laughs> okay, well we're gonna take a break now. Thank you, Colton. Thank you. Stiff club, it's my nature. Custom love is the nomenclature. Turn down mass confusion. Hit the road. We just keep cruising, double my fun, double my vision, long hard look at my last decision, hustle here. And now, a word from our sponsors. How do I know you're not just some crazy person? Do I look like a crazy person? A little. Maybe you're just some bitter, angry psychopath. I am not angry. It's emotional, and I told you so. And we are back with part two of the podcast. Natalie, how was your break? Great. Uh, Colton, how was your break? It was excellent. I'm refreshed. <laughs> that, that joke worked so much better because Natalie went to the mic with a big like. <gasps> <laughs> the worst best friend ever. Uh, let's, let's tackle Ruth's storyline. Let's get to business now. Ruth is sort of just looking for stuff to do. She's lonely in her mind, completely broken up from George. And I feel like if you've ever been in a relationship and wanting to be single, <laughs> this is kind of what it's like. Where you're like, oh, I cannot wait to be single. I'm going to do so much. To, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to do this. I'm going to start. And then you're like, I have nothing to do. Uh, right. Yeah. You're just sitting at the house watching Born Trying TV. to close three rings. Yeah. Trying to- <laughs> <laughs> Barely closing one. <laughs> Uh, um, and you know, I kind of feel bad for Ruth here, right? Like 
she she didn't anticipate being this lonely. Although mm-hmm. she should have known this because going into the George relationship, she was so lonely. Right. <laughs> You're <laughs> you know? absolutely right. You know, so it's just kind of like, what what do you want? You want to be lonely and miserable or together <laughs> and miserable, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I think Ruth being ever so controlling with food, trying to make her, her potato salad. Um, she was clearly told, don't bring anything, Ruth. We got this. Yeah. It's a catered event. Yeah, but she's still <laughs> wanting to do something. She brings a tin pan of potato salad with too much still. <laughs> <laughs> Look good, though. Uh, let me ask you, if I... Is there a such thing as mayonnaise that has gone bad? Uh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. What? It, uh, it's, it's, it smell like eggy and vinegary, in my opinion. I'm not a mayonnaise person. I love mayonnaise. I can't uh, get enough of it. Yeah, Colton? I'm miracle whip. Oof. Isn't that still mayonnaise? Or no. 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 It's got like sugar in it. It has sweet. what? It's sweet. Oh. Ugh. Uh, um, <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, um, it's delicious. <laughs> You're off the podcast. The, yeah. only, the only thing I am <laughs> good with... The only thing I'm good with mayonnaise is on a turkey club. Uh-huh. Otherwise, mayonnaise can go to hell. Okay. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I have really strong feelings toward okay. mayonnaise. Okay, we didn't like you either. You know Ruth's level of loneliness reaches an extreme height when she's like, hey, Rico, do you want to come with me? How <laughs> like, funny was that whole conversation that Rico had in his head? Because I literally thought, did Ruth just suggest this to Rico? <laughs> is this happening? Is that their relationship? <laughs> Whew, they got really me on that it, one. Yeah. Because, like, what was it? Like, two seasons ago, she would talk about, like, healthy sexual relationships and stuff. So I really thought that that was a real conversation. I honestly had forgotten that from watching this originally. And I was like, oh, wow, this is getting really weird really fast. Really weird. Yeah. Uh, I, I bought it. Because, like, it's... I guess what Ruth is saying wasn't that out that much out there. You know? She, I mean, why she would want to share that with Rico. Yeah. Uh, but, like, Rico's... Rico's... um need mm-hmm. at this time for Vanessa is like real like you mm-hmm. know and all, all what's going on um it was a cool again uh Colton I don't know if you're with me but like when they do that sort of stuff where someone freaks out but it's all in their head it's like it's like a throwback to season one or earlier six feet under should I say right um we get a the so Ruth got a phone call earlier and after vowing to take down scam callers it was actually George on the line and Obviously, Ruth goes into it thinking George wants to get back together, but in turn, George actually wants to get a quick divorce. And Haiti. <laughs> what is that about? Wait, it would be closer for them to get to Haiti from where we are. I get that, but from California. But what's the point of going yeah, to Haiti? I have no idea. At that, can you get divorced? Inter- that's international, isn't it? Well, I, we I don't just, own. Do we? Only only no, one Haiti's, of them had to go. Haiti's uh-huh. not a part of us, is it? No. Wow, we sound like three. Dummies. We don't know what integers are, <laughs> nor it's Port-au-Prince. Hold on, hold on. Haiti is not, Haiti is its own country. They're not part of the United States I, at all. I'm, that's what I'm saying. It's not like a United States It's not like territory. Puerto Rico. Right. right. Puerto Rico is your So territory. you can get divorced in Haiti? Well, only one is of them had to go. That's what was weird about it. Yeah, I, I didn't understand. Also, also. Oh, I, maybe if one fled like that country, but I would think Japan would be closer. I also. No, Mexico, just, if they're in California. Mexico. What am I thinking? Let me, <laughs> let, let me, let me, let me put like the, uh, the kibosh on all this. We're taking advice from a legit crazy man. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. True. Like, like, true. like, that's true. That's like true. maybe it's just George who just made shit up. Like, actually, if you go to Utah, you can get really divorced. <laughs> like, you know? That's true. That's true. Uh, Do um, even take that into consideration. <laughs> uh, um, and then I think one of the, sh- one of the show's gasping moments where George says the line, I'm engaged. Yeah. <laughs> my <laughs> mouth dropped. You told me this was going to happen, and my mouth dropped still. <laughs> I, I, I get. Let, let me take back what I said. He last, said I'm in love. Let, well, let me take back what I said oh. last episode. I don't think he gets married, but I, they definitely engaged, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah, but like, it's like Ruth said, and it was so perfect. I should have expected this. Mm-hmm. Just the way they met, just the way they got married and everything, of course George was going to have, mm-hmm. you know, ha- have another And one Ruth wife. was what number wife? Six? Seven, I believe. Seven. Seven. So this would this would be or will Woo! be eight. Eight. That had George in two in one year. Yeah, George <laughs> is a fucking ladies man. <laughs> wow. I mean, fucking insane, but. Wow. Yeah. Uh, um, and, but let me, let me, let me put this too. This could have not been that long since last episode. If you factor yeah. in if you factor in what Rico and Vanessa are going through, this could not have been more than a week. Mm-hmm. You know what I at mean? The, and at like, the most, you're talking a week. Yeah, yeah. Because Rico, they're still going through all that, and 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 you know, George met someone. You know what's crazy? Like, all right, here's what's crazy. 
George and Ruth meet, they were getting engaged, and they're going to get married. To top that craziness, there's also another woman out there who will meet George and do the same exact thing. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. It is you know? super crazy. My God. Um, well, and uh-huh. not only that, but the, yeah, going to engage him, but then also talking about having kids with him. <laughs> yeah, like that's just, oh. you're fast. <laughs> They're taking the, the express lane to, to crazy, all of them. Everyone uh-huh. here. My God. But sometimes when you're lonely, you do things to f- to try to fill that void and you don't think about it. You just don't, you just do it. I get it. But like, you get to don't, a certain don't, age, don't you, you feel. No, no, and I'm totally with you, yeah. but don't you like spend a lot of time together, sleep at their place for like an entire week? Where's the fast forward to like, no, no, no let's get married. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not saying right. I agree with it. Yeah, I'm just yeah. saying that I get it. And again, it's a TV show, so we kind of have to take just, those yeah. take those liberties. Uh, um, again, with the idea of silence, when George is like, "Do you have anything to say about this?" Ruth is like, "Actually, I don't." <laughs> like you know, I have none. Uh, this party that Ruth goes to, whose party was it again? It's a guy that wrote a book. Right? No, 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 no. She was going to go to there, but then she didn't. But the party was the lady that owns the knitting store. Oh, oh, she was just yeah. throwing a, a, a. I thought it was for like some movie or something. No, it was. She was just. Throwing it was for a party. like a TV show because she was talking to the guy who had just right. been in daytime TV or something. Right, and I think the I guy think. who the guy who wrote the book was Mitch, who Ruth was talking to. They had that super awkward scene. Mm-hmm. I think later right. in the later in the episode before she goes to the George's fiance's house, she was going to go to a book reading. By mm-hmm. that author, and I don't have the, her name in front of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I love. I, I mean, I don't think Ruth was flirting, but I love her awkward conversation with this Mitchell guy. Because it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, he just ends up walking away. He does. <laughs> I think they yeah, did, just, they both dismiss each other, right? Like, okay, uh, bye. Well, no, just because they just both go. He goes, well, Ruth, and then just walks away. And that's <laughs> it. <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love that. Well, <laughs> just <laughs> not even like have a good time. I'll, t- I'll oh let, let me let me be right back. Just peace. <laughs> uh, uh, um, she she flushes down her potato salad. <laughs> what a waste! Eight pounds of t- potato salad. <laughs> uh, real re- really quick. Let me go around here. Do you like potato salad? Love it, Colton. I hate it. I don't think I. Yeah, I, I hate. I hate. It's um, it's with mayonnaise. Yeah. Oh, some God. of them they make it with mustard. Bleah. I hate it. it's um, a southern thing, and I hate it. Yeah, I just it's it's like such a nice house she's in. It's had to clog up the toilet. I mean, that's disgusting. Ah, uh, um. So Ruth, I didn't pick up on this on the first watching, but I saw the second time around that she was going to go to this book signing or reading. She ends up going to. George's new fiance, Joy Solomon. Joy Solomon. Um, I love the cut that when she, you know, she walks in, she tells us who she is. The lawyer's kind of like, "What the hell's going on?" And the cut to them when they come back to their scene is just her saying, "Well, why did you even have a bomb shelter?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, think about how insane the Ruth and George uh-huh. story is, where uh-huh. she had a bomb shelter to, uh-huh. to <laughs> you know, uh, appease George. Um, so l- l- let me ask you here: Why did J- Ruth go? The to answer probably is to split down, but right. But there's also, I think, a sense of wow, being lonely isn't this good. What I'm saying is, if you had to choose a side, wh- mm-hmm. which is stronger, that she went to really she- warn this woman, or because she's lonely, no, she or or do you lonely. have like a third option? I don't know. I think okay. she went because she's lonely, and subconsciously, she's wanting to ruin that relationship. I thought she was just going to warn the girl. What do you think is more stronger in Ruth? I guess is what I'm trying to say. I side with she wanted, she went there with the intention of warning this woman. Mm -hmm. And then she realized after when she says, I'm not angry and she smashes the thing Mm -hmm. that she, she wanted to sabotage her. Like it was subconscious Mm -hmm. is kind of like my, how she went into it. That's what, no, that's what I think. It's kind of like when you're driving and you, you know, forget about where you're going and all of a sudden you're there. I think that that's honestly what she did. She was literally going to this reading because she took the book and everything, but then she's at the college because she knows where the girl's working at and right. she just realized, I need to ruin this. Or like, I mean, she's not like mentally thinking it, I'm going to ruin this relationship, but subconsciously she's like, I got to say something yeah. to yeah. end this. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think, I think, I think to, to, I mean, again, then we get the scene where George is yelling. 
outside the house. And something on the commentary that was pretty good is like, he could have had George inside the house and yelling, but it's like, we've seen that scene so many times. They added like a different layer of how apart they are, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. George is literally engaged and Ruth is, you know, single inside her house by herself. Um, and just have them yelling outside of the house. And, right. you know, George, uh, Ruth ends it with, I don't know what I want. You know, I, I don't know. Um, God, I just, I totally forgot where I was going to go with that. But if neither of you have anything to say on that, we could end to our f- second to last final storyline. We'll get, we'll tackle Rico and Vanessa quick at the end. Uh, Brenda, while trying on maternity clothes, gets a call. Again, another phone call interrupting from her doctor. And we learned that, that their potentially child may have Down syndrome or spina bifida. Um, then, you know, Nate comes on over. They meet at the doctor's. Um, you know, it, it sort of sparks this, what should we do if the baby has major problems, mm-hmm. right? Like that's, that's how we could start their, their, their storyline. Um, you know, and Ruth, Ruth and Brenda, I'm sorry, Ruth and Brenda, Nate and Brenda are talking about it. They're both like, sci- I mean, they both say how they feel, but when they're asked how they feel, they're both silent. You know, like that scene kind of ends that way. Brenda gets lunch with Margaret. I have really nothing on this Margaret thing besides it's funny she's cheating on Olivier. Yeah. I'll let you guys chime in if you have anything. I think the only it's thing, cute and whatever. Uh-huh. I, the only thing I got was because um, I didn't catch it until I watched, I listened to the commentary when they talked about the phones, how she keeps looking at her phone but it doesn't ring. It's kind of like she can't be interrupted. She can't be taken away from this conversation she's about to have with her mom. Yeah. I don't know if that's a real thing. I, that's how I was looking at it. You know what? You know it's funny. I didn't even pick up. I just found nothing in that scene. And even after having hearing the commentary, the only thing I found was that like I can't believe like, it's really funny. And I guess a little later, it's really funny that Brenda is playing like the mom mm-hmm. in relation to Olivier cheating. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, no, I'm I'm glad you got something out of that because I didn't get really anything out of that scene. Um, quick moment here when Nate and Maggie are discussing silent worship time and. Basically, the same thing sort of happened to Maggie, I could say that. Or what might happen to Brenda and Nate happened to Maggie, I could say that. Okay. And the idea of silent worship time, she says, is God's in all of us. If we are all together and silent, we cheer something up from God. But if you don't feel anything, you just make it up. Uh, I think that really plays into the last scene, which we'll get to. Maggie's ability to detect something is wrong with Nate. I thought that was like telling. You know, the way she comes up to him is like, is something wrong? I feel like that's something Brenda never did. <laughs> well, she can yeah, like she right. can read them a lot better than Brenda can. I mean, that's yeah, but, obviously apparent. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good that's a that's a uh, good point too. Um, you know, and Maggie tells Nate. Um, Maggie tell I'm sorry. Maggie tells Nate a lot of what's going on with what went on with her, her her child and whatnot. And I have to say, I've never seen this actress in anything else. But I think Maggie is Tina Holmes rather mm-hmm. plays an amazing character, mm-hmm. having never really. Um, I, ha, have you seen anything else, Colton? I haven't. No, I, yeah. I haven't seen her in anything. And I think her IMDb is rather weak and mm-hmm. empty. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I looked her up, and I think she's been in a couple. I didn't recognize her though. Any of the other stuff. Yeah, I just think she plays an amazing. She's like so soft spoken, but she's powerful in like what she's went through. And like what she has to say, you know? Yeah. Can I say she's the complete opposite of Brenda or no? I think she is. Yeah, the complete opposite, right? Um, I, I guess yeah. I'd have to sit and think about it. But I guess that maybe that's why Nate's attracted to her. Could be. You know? Let, let, me, let, me, let me start this here. It's somewhat of an awkward conversation. And like I don't, I don't know how, far, how comfortable I feel getting too far into it. But Nate wants Brenda to take this test to see if everything is okay with their baby. And if something is wrong, Nate wants to abort it. Is it possible? Is it possible to be on a right side of this? Is they is there a side to it? I I'm not even. I have no idea. I don't. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. I don't. I've never been. In, I don't know. I I never. Ha- I'm I just saying know. to try. Like I don't know what the right. But like. I was going to say, I think that's one of those situations you have to be put in that situation to have your answer, not an answer for anybody else, but that's your answer for it. Right, right. And and there is not a right answer, but I do like that Maggie told Nate everything that she did and that, right. you know, she said, you know, I was so glad I got to meet him. 
despite the, all the problems he had and eventually died. Nate took that and went to Brendan. It's basically like they put themselves in so much financial trouble, ruined their marriage. Like, no, this is like a totally bad idea, you know? Yeah. I'm with you yeah. guys. I don't know what the right answer is. I'm just... It's something I started thinking about, and like I don't know. I, I yeah, how could we I, know? I think it's between the of course. the two parents, and it's none of my business, and I got nothing to say on that. Uh, Brenda Brenda walks in, and she has sort of come to her peace in her mind, and and sort of like on the commentary, it's funny. Like Bre- when Brenda walks into the funeral home during the Quaker service, <laughs> she's ready to like be with Nate mm-hmm. and whatever you, whatever you say or whatever we say, we decide on, we're going to do it. We're going to have this child or we're not, but we're going to be together. Mm-hmm. And I think she just, and obviously, right. She just catches the way Maggie's talking to Brenda and Maggie has her arm on Nate. No, the, I know. I know Maggie, Maggie yeah. talking to Nate. She's, um, she's stroking him. Yeah. Inappropriate. Yeah. That <laughs> inappropriate. was, it Weird. was, what? that's inappropriate. No wonder why she totally did a, but it's so funny how she went in there. Well, how would you feel if you saw your spouse doing that with another person? Um, no, I mean, yes, but also like this state they're in, the state that they're in, if it wasn't that, it was going to be the way Nate came home and said something wrong. Or that like, she knows Nate's past. Yes, but let me say, let me, let me, let me say this too, because I think it's having seen this and putting on the, the podcast lens where we have to dissect everything, mm-hmm. you know, we're one episode away from Nate, Brenda, and Maya Uh sitting together, a happy family. Uh Insert this storyline and all of a sudden they're like, you know what? Out. Yeah. But you also have to take take into account we are five seasons in. We're five years Mm -hmm. of them just not working, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, But I'm just saying we we were an episode away from them being like, you know what? I love you. Let's do this. Maggie's your daughter. You're you're my wife and all that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's a rather quick turnaround. We are talking about heavy stuff. Um, but what what Brenda says, and this really, this is really the line that kicks off everything for Nate. For once in your life, just go do something that you want, yeah. <laughs> you know, not and to please anyone. Oh, and that's opening a whole nother thing for later episodes. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it really, it, it opens. It's exactly what Nate, it's almost... If you're Nate, he could have not planned it any better for her to say, like, for him to get this okay. Right. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I, I guess we could somewhat boil this down. Uh, um, uh, you know, our episode closes out. They're silently remembering, or however, I've, I probably said six different versions of the same thing. Nate silent tried meditation. silent meditation. There you go. Nate does it. Opens his eyes and he's looking at Maggie, but Maggie's looking at Nate. <laughs> right, right. So the whole idea of if you make it up and whatever, and they both look at each other. So that's really inappropriate. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. I know. I I just didn't when I saw her stroking Nate. I guess I just felt I felt terrible. And and, and he, here's what I'll say about that. I get it from Nate's perspective. Mm-hmm. Maggie is just a stand-in for any like yeah doesn't matter who maggie was that sure. girl was go- that woman sure. i'm sorry it was going to right. quote unquote get it i was gonna say that's a, it's she's the escape that he's looking for right like and that's it, all, that's yeah. all that is but maggie maggie's messing with a married man mm-hmm. you know what i mean like that's that's something else and something i never really caught of caught on to um i don't see what maggie likes in nate <laughs> like no, no 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 it's it's he's a married man with a wife at home that's pregnant Oh, so it's just like the, 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 I want that because I don't have it and another woman does? That's kind of how I looked at it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's, there's, also, there's... but it's also, I mean, to me, it's also that much more like crazy on her end to be, you're looking at this man who not only do you know is married, you know that he's married and he has a wife at home who's pregnant and he, I don't know, to me, that's just, that's a whole nother can of worms. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's, it's. Yeah. It's a whole nother wrong, I guess. That's and, a bag of crazy I would just leave at the table. That's that alone. And we are all choosing to ignore the fact that her father is married to Nate's mother. Correct. <laughs> like, you know, like... <laughs> well, I mean, but that's not... No, no, but oh, we're... no, no, no. We're, we're, you and me have talked about that. That That's brother and sister. Wait, that's right. They're that's what I'm saying. 
Like, oh. like, no, no, like you got, you guys were, you guys were a thousand percent I right. Wasn't even thinking that. You're bringing up all the crazy that's going oh. on. It's like, why would you step even brother, stepsister? Yeah, then like you, you factor that oh. into it. Because then you've yeah. had Brenda and Nate, Billy and Claire, and then that whole Billy and Brenda thing. I mean, that's oh. And also, <laughs> and then like Claire and Billy, and again, it's like almost every episode. Can these people not? find anyone else in Los Angeles to go have sex with. <laughs> like, there it's are a very so small many, community out there. You I mean, do you see the traffic that happens in Los Angeles? Can these people not find <laughs> anyone else um, to, to sleep with? Uh, um, before we close up with Rico and Vanessa's storyline, again, the idea of silence and loneliness. At, at You know, our final scene is Brenda's alone, shopping, maternity and she's clothes. she's happy. And she's happy. Mm-hmm. And I think, again... That is a little nod to what ends up happening because she's going to be alone. She's going to have this baby. As I say, I even have that like not only in my notes but like circled, underlined, highlighted, yeah. everything that he's because that's his silent meditation. He is he started out thinking about her because when he closes his eyes, the first scene is her walking and it's silent. So to me, I looked at that that he's thinking about her and he's thinking about her without him and how happy she is. Yeah, you know what? I didn't even pick up on that. It's the first time he closes his eyes, he sees Bren- uh, Brenda. You know, we see Brenda. Um, but yeah, yeah, like it's if it was not falling apart before, it has now crumbled to the ground. <laughs> you and know, this all started in an airport bathroom. Uh, for yes, for <laughs> for how long, it's how far it's yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, let let's go over the Rico and Vanessa storyline quick. Um, over it, dud. what now you hate vanessa no i don't hate her i just retired of them um i mean we see the kiss he gives vanessa in the beginning and it's just she's like absolutely disgusted by rico let me say this before i get to something they said in the commentary the way rico kisses vanessa and she like shudders and everything uh do you ever remember the save by the bell did you watch save by the bell yeah kidding me um the way screech would kiss lisa or like Mm -hmm. get near lisa Mm -hmm. and lisa would just like (laughs) <laughs> fucking have hives and freak out. <laughs> I feel like it's between them. Mm-hmm. On the commentary, and I guess since Colton, you heard this, Natalie, I'll tell you this. The whole idea here is like Vanessa can't stand Rico and wants, you know, inviting she's more him. Dis- yeah, she's more disgusted. I was gonna say she's more disgusted with herself than than she is with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because she like I had to, I kind of gave in and let Rico come into the house. Yeah. It's just sort of you know. Uh, um possibly in the most awkward the most in any form of media that's 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 radio television movies radio print um the most awkward sex scene i think i've ever seen definitely <laughs> definitely i mean i know it's tv i felt her pain um but how how doesn't rico okay okay you've never had one of those moments how doesn't i was like how doesn't rico rico's sitting there like oh my god this is the best thing ever and vanessa how can you not know that you're it's what is it she's like yeah baby that was good she's rolling her eyes she's rolling her eyes i mean you want to talk about silence there is a lot of silence going on in this little sex scene um yeah i mean she's just saying or doing nothing you know literally grossed out Uh, yeah uh Rico's realization when he comes home that Vanessa hates her. I I I don't remember how this plays out the Rico and Vanessa storyline. I mean, I know where it ends up. I just don't know how they get over this little hump. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, that, that's really awful to to realize that your your wife hates you when despite he letting you back it, in the house. Uh-huh. When he realizes that with that scene, like I even have that in my notes that um when he's talking to her and when she doesn't ever answer when he actually says he's like I finally realized that he was like you hate me and then yeah. what she says like the way that uh, I can't even think of his name Freddie um, the actor uh, but anyways like just that actually hurt me even to watch it even though I know he's messed up yeah. just to see his reaction to that and how much he realizes that his wife who he does still have feelings for hates him that much still that it's honestly like hurting her like yeah. I don't know that was that was. That was a really big moment in that. And their storyline to me, that was their biggest moment. Yeah, yeah. If this is like a two-season arc to get to this point, I, I think I think the, the, one, the one before this was when Rico, you know, kind of admits to everything and says, yeah, I had sex with her, I whatever. And then here, it's like, oh, my God, you, you hate, you can't even stand the sight of me, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, 
that's awful to hear from anyone. Probably most hurtful to hear from your wife. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, that sort of wraps up our episode. Anything I glossed over you want to talk about, Natalie? Nope. Colton, you have anything left in your notes that we uh, may have glossed over? Nope. Well, that brings us to our... our we are now four episodes left after this, right? We got eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. That means five. Yeah, this, is, it, this really starts setting the end game in motion. And there's a lot that happens in these next few episodes. And it's kind of crazy. We are, we are close to the end. I'm, I'm uh, going to have to go stand on the unemployment line. I don't know <laughs> what I'm going to do. I can't believe this is it. You can be part of the Digging Six Feet Under staff. You can go find me playing crashes. Yeah, he's got an yeah. internship available. Yeah. I guess we're done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that wraps up this episode. What is the next episode called? I I'm, I'm can't. God, this is where I need Marissa because Marissa just. Oh, let me see here. I will stall and I'll keep talking a little bit. I am an elm tree. It's going to be singing Please, for, our for our lives. Singing for our lives. And thank you, Colton. <laughs> yeah, I'm applying for that internship. So you guys are both doing great. Uh, that being said, thank you, Natalie. Thank you, thank you, Colton. Thank you, Colton. And congratulations. Again yes, and, 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 and a so big congratulations much. from yeah. the from from us and the digging six feet under staff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Marissa, she was here. Thank yes, y'all so sure much. Marissa her thanks <laughs> as well. All right, thank you everyone. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Good night. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Digging Six Feet Under podcast. Listen to this and all episodes at diggingpodcast.com. Join us on the next episode as we review each episode of HBO's original television series, Six Feet Under. Please search and subscribe to us on iTunes under Digging Six Feet Under. We're the